Hello, it's Jacqueline, and welcome to a new episode of the Women Elevating Women podcast. We took a break last week, but we're back with another amazing guest this week. But before we get started, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts, share this week's episodes to help us reach a wider audience. Visit the official site to follow the show on additional platforms at www.elevateyourbizcoaching.com forward slash WEW podcast. Now, let's get started. Today's special guest is a former Cirque du Soleil singer, a motivational speaker, an amazing best-selling author, and coach. She's here to talk to us today about overcoming fear in speaking or giving keynotes. So grab your tea, your cup of coffee, or that glass of wine, and join me today for today's amazing guest, Julia Langley. Julia? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today with you, Jacqueline. Thank you for having me. And I just love uh, your podcast, the Women Elevating Women. I can't think of anything I'd rather be part of than that. So thank you so much for having me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you with us. I look forward to today's conversation. So Let's get started. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about what you do and your journey into coaching. Well, I tell you what, it's been an amazing journey so far. Working for Cirque du Soleil is in itself (laughs) a wonderful journey of surprises, a group, (laughs) and challenges, but lots of fun and lots of learning involved in that. I I did work for, I've been a singer uh, my whole life, really. I started when I was two years old. And just grew with that, you know, and I had a friend that actually took me for a birthday present, took me to see a Cirque du Soleil show. And I was just mesmerized and watching that, I looked up and I was like, I want to work. I want to work here. I want to work for this company and I want to do this. So I, I, that's exactly what I said. Why can't I do this? I can't. That's manifesting. <laughs> wow. Look at that. Look at Absolutely. that. That's amazing. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about how you went from being a singer and transitioning into the world of coaching and be- becoming an author and a motivational speaker. That is so fun. And I just have to, I just want to share this side note with you. I used to sing when I was younger as well. I was a professional singer. But I do have, I do, it is, it is my hidden talent that people don't know about. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I <laughs> love music. So that's something we actually have in common. I absolutely love singing, love music, and I've been doing it since I was little. My mother always said to me, before you could speak, you sang. <laughs> I was like three. And they have a recording of me when I was little actually singing, um, Killing Me Softly by Roberta Flack. And that's what I listen to. And I share it with my kids and they just laugh. But yeah, I love singing. I love music. And my kids are very musical as well. So we have that in common. Well, that's, you know what? I always say that music is like a universal language. Even for people who don't speak the same language, we do share. We can share music and connect. There's so many benefits of music. And that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Absolutely. (laughs) It does bring people together. And And I started at a very early age doing it because it was really supported by my family. I come from a long line of singers and songwriters and musicians. 
Um, my grandmother had 13 brothers and sisters. Every single one of them played a musical instrument or sang. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. I am the youngest. Pretty, pretty amazing. But um, I'm the youngest of 14. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I could not, I have, there's nine girls and there are five boys. I am the youngest. Oh my goodness. You had a talk about, now talk about a circus. You had your own circus uh, going on there, right? You know, sisters. It's interesting having them because I'm the youngest. Most of them were out of the home as I was, when I was growing up. So it's fun being the youngest. Oh, but it, it is. is. It is. It is. <laughs> I was spoiled by my parents and I'm also spoiled by my old, my, my older sibling. So, but it's fun having a large family. We're so huge. Um, and it really is fun having a lot of siblings, a lot of in-laws, and a lot of nephews. And so you and I both come from really large families. Isn't that, that's another thing we have in common. That's wonderful. But let me not under, interrupt you. Go on and tell us your, tell us about <laughs> your <laughs> Well, that's okay. No, I love when I can find these things in common. And, and you really don't know until you talk to someone and you just start to learn that you have all these connections with them and. And as I was saying, music is one of the things that really brings people together, whether for fun, whether for entertainment, whatever it is. And um, so at a very early age, I did this. It's part of my life. And so it was a natural progression for me to grow in my music. And I wound up going out there and auditioning for Cirque du Soleil because I, I wanted to. I, I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to see, just see if I had it in me. And I did it. I got selected. And I had been working for them for 18 years. I worked for them. And, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big career um, singing. And I got to travel the world. Now, one thing that I always did when I wasn't traveling with Cirque was I did um, help people locally with their voice, learn how to use their voice. And I am a classical pianist. So I did work with people on learning how to understand music, read music, and how it impacts so many different parts of their lives in other ways, not just, not just to stand up on stage, but it really changes you as a person as, and you grow through it. So I did that when I was home. Um, what, what actually started happening is, as we, as I worked for Cirque, of course, you start looking for that next phase in your journey of life. Right. And I was, I was really looking for that and had been looking for it for a while. And in 2019, I had a you know, they, you know how the saying goes, Jacqueline, if you don't slow yourself down and take the time to, to, um, take care of yourself, you know, God has a way. I'm a woman of faith. God has a way of slowing you down. Slowing you down. Absolutely. That's right. So in 2019, I had a bad accident. I was riding my bicycle and I was hit by a car. Okay. I was hit by a right. big truck. I, I, I was trying to hear that. You're not going to believe when I share this with you, but in 2018, I was hit by a car as well and had sustained some serious injuries as well, lasting in injuries as well. And God. yes, isn't that, isn't that interesting? I'm so sorry it happened to you. Uh, I really, I know the pain I can share. I can share. I can, I know the pain I have lasting. Um, I broke my um, second metatarsal in my right foot All all five of my toes were broken and Ugh. Actually, yeah, and I actually um, have a um, a slip disc in my back, which is the lasting um, effects of the of it of the accident. I'm I'm forever, you know. It's it's very painful. So some days are good and some days are not so good. Uh, right, but the but the pain stays with you. You know, I, 
It absolutely does. You know, and um, I did suffer from a spinal cord injury and um, I have several broken bones. I had double head trauma. And then I was diagnosed afterward. I talk a lot about actually mental health. I was diagnosed with PTSD. I mean, you see a truck run you down. You don't come out of that unscathed, you know. And I mean, you know, I almost almost died. Mm-hmm. So I you know, like I go ahead. I'm sorry. What, what were no, you going to say? I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. You go ahead. Yes, I can totally relate. You go ahead. Um, I yeah, it's, it's it just coming back from that in itself. Like, and you know, coming back from that is a journey. And mm-hmm. and 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 when you're at the top of your game, which I was, I was in the best shape of my life. I was traveling all over the world, living that South Florida lifestyle when I was home, boating and beaching it. You know, I was on I was on top of the world. It's very humbling when you can't open a Tupperware container. My right. friends were having to do it for me. And so things shifted. Of course they shifted. They had to how could they not shift mm-hmm. when something that when the earth shifts for you, you have to shift with it or else it's not going to, you're not going to survive it. You know, you're forced to do that. So I, I got a choice to make. I, I could sit in that, those injuries and I could, those days that I didn't feel good, like you're talking about, and I still have them. I can either get angry about it or I can honor myself and keep moving. And I, I said, it's not today. It's not going to, it's not going to get me today. And it's not going to keep me down. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I, I really started working my way back up with my health, with my business. Uh, I said, let's look at some new ways, something new, a new challenge for me, something I can shift into. And it really, the world, when things are right, I do believe when you are in alignment with your purpose, things start to unfold naturally. And they did. I was put in positions where I was meeting people, other entrepreneurs, other coaches, speakers, they were like, you know, Julia, this is just a natural transition for you because as a performer, you have the skills on stage and and you're already helping people. So you're already doing this. You're directing shows. You're already coaching. Let's let's just shift the focus a little bit. So it was very it was very easy transition in the sense that I I felt like it was exactly my purpose and exactly where I was supposed to be at that point in time. And so I just stepped through the door stepped through the door, took that challenge and started um, shifting my business to really focus not just on musicians, but, but on entrepreneurs and speakers. Because let me tell you, we all have some of the same things going on. When you step out in front of you're giving a presentation or you're walking out in front of a group of people, it's the same fears. It's that self that same self-doubt that we still when we step up out on stage, whether it's an audience of three in a sales call or an audience of 3,000, there's still fear and it grips us. And so, you know, that it was, it was natural. I just, what I want to do and I feel called to do. And I know that as a woman of faith, because I do pray and I do believe that if you be still with it and that you listen, you know what you're, alignment is you know what your calling is so um that's my story of stepping into to that and what a wonderful story it is and it's an inspirational story this is a story of absolute resilience but as well as i would say alignment because 
you know, I have to share, I'm sort of in that place myself in my business where I'm sort of starting to pivot to things that really, you know, I've been doing marketing for a while, but I'm starting to pivot to things that really light me up and other things that I had not seen myself doing before, such as doing more writing, writing a book, and possibly maybe even moving into speaking next year. So we'll see what happens. But I love that you're sharing your story because I think it's an important story. So many women, I, I think that there's this this thought process that, you know, entrepreneurship is this easy road or, you know, dogs go into it and we're all making six or seven figures. And a lot of people don't see a lot of faith or understand the stuff that goes on behind the scenes and the stuff that we're really dealing with and we're overcoming. And while we're growing these businesses or while we're transitioning from another one phase of our life into another, there's so much resilience, a lot of pain, a lot of tears, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things that goes into making transitions and growing, you know? So I love that you're sharing this story with us. Thank you so much. Well, it, 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 you are so right. You're just speaking the truth right there. You know, we step into it. The excitement of it is great because you have to yeah. have the energy and the excitement. But, you know, sometimes, and I've experienced this myself in my growth, is sometimes when things are the hardest, it's right before it. You, you know, they say um, it, it's always darkest before the dawn. dawn. Sometimes <laughs> those dark spots, if you can just keep pushing through them, then you see that light on the other side. and. And, and and those are the times that we really have to pull on our resilience, pull on our faith, and really push through those difficult moments. If we have to ask for help, we have to ask for help. But whatever it is, we can get through those moments to the other side. So resilience to me is everything. And, that, and especially when you're overcoming fears and trying to step into your confidence. You have absolutely. to. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. You know, speaking... Public speaking is said to be one of the things that people have the most fear around. Why do you think that is? Well, I think that there's a number of reasons, and it is true. It is the most mm -hmm. feared thing in the world, uh, right up there with spiders, by the way. It's Halloween. <laughs> it's in the fall now, so we can talk about spiders, but it is, it is the biggest fear out there. And I think because of the studies that I've done, the clients that I've worked with, and I, I like to ask them what they find to be the things that are holding them back the most. And what I have found to be the truth is, number one, they are afraid, big time afraid of being judged. And so they're so fearful of that judgment of someone looking at them or thinking that they're crazy or not accepting them or calling them out. So it's a big fear of judgment. There's a big fear of failure mm -hmm. involved. Sometimes it's just easier to say, oh, I wish I'd have done that than actually do it and take the chance of failing. So adults are when I do that. Yeah. Right. Um, these are two of the biggest your fear of standing up on stage and crickets, especially yeah. sales calls. So you think about that, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, that anybody, you know, you stand up, oh, I'd love to have, you know, this and nothing. You know, you're getting no feedback, no nothing from your audience. I mean, these are all valid fears. Um, fear of making a mistake. There's that. I, I find that a lot. People say it all this, oh, I'm scared I'm going to mess up. 
And it's very valuable. It is human. It is human. <laughs> and I have a lot of things to say about that, but <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've messed up in my life. And we keep on going and we learn from it and we become better, you know. And uh, yeah, th- I mean, these are just three of the things, though. But but these are strong enough points that actually stop people in their tracks. They build these walls up. I can tell you, I, I tend to agree with you. I think, and I think that kind of directly relates to entrepreneurship as well. I think people have a lot of the same fears in starting the businesses. I see this with women because I work with women who are starting online coaching businesses, and these are a lot of the fears that they talk about as well. And, in, in starting a business, getting started up, you know, the confidence, the fear that they're going to make an error, the fear that they're going to be judged. Um, listen, people are going to do that anyway. <laughs> well, you know, I'm you're just... so right. No matter, you could, you know what, no matter what you do and like there, you're going to have your fans and your anti-fans. It doesn't matter what you do. So you might as well go for broke out there, you know. The, the thing that I always like to say about it is that being a public speaker or a, even a, let's extend it to a performer or even a salesperson or like anyone that stands up on stage in front of people is putting themselves out there. So you have to, when, you, when you're going for authenticity and you're going for that confidence, you actually are really opening yourself up. That's a really scary place to be. Vulnerability is the scariest thing in the world because you open yourself up for criticism. And, but the truth is that's when the magic starts to happen, when you can be in that place and learn how to have the confidence and to let, I was talking about it this morning, the very thing, getting a little bit of a thick skin, not callous, but enough to know your worth and feel like you have something to offer. And this is, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real thing and people face it and you're absolutely right. It does not just lend itself to the stage, but just to entrepreneurship in general. Um, and I will say this, I have found one of the things I found early on in my coaching business is that I was teaching certain techniques and being on stage and being, giving presentations and keynotes. And I started noticing that it, people weren't just changing on stage, that it was actually transforming them off the stage as well. It's a new way of thinking, a new way of approaching connection and communication. It's really elevating your communication skills in general. So it's not just about standing up on stage or or giving a presentation. It really is a life, it's a life change. I would imagine that it's also a great way to become a little more self-aware and connect with yourself and who you are. I mean, it really does a lot for your confidence. I think getting up on stage and being able to get in front of people or getting on camera or anything is really the way to say, I know who I am and I feel good about who I am and I'm, you know, I'm confident in that. Is that, do you find, or am I just kind of going off the rails here? No, you are spot on. And one thing, and I want to just add to what you just said, it's so important because each of us has a strength. We all have strengths and then we all have some things that we're not so good at. That's every human being on the planet. So it's really learning about who you are and who you aren't and being okay with both of them and taking those strengths and really focusing it in that direction 
and doing what you do and doing it, doing it well. So, yeah, I agree. So share with us, what are some of the fears you have overcome in doing what you do? Well, you know, stemming from my accident in particular, I had some physical fears uh, because I would walk and my knee would give out. And after I, um, after being on stage and being, you know, performing is a very physical, speaking is physical. When you're up all on the stage in front of people, you're constantly moving, you're exerting so much energy. Mm-hmm. When your body is physically hurting or not in great shape, you always have that fear not having the stamina to do it. And that was one of my biggest fears coming from not ever having to think about that to having to monitor every step I took because I might fall down. Um, the other thing is, is I was having panic attacks afterwards. And if, it, you know, the music or the noise, if the speaker popped or anything like that, I, I fear that fear. So this is a very physical, almost a visceral feeling that I had that I was terrified of that I didn't Girl. know if, if my body was able to handle it. I had to really, really work through that. But let me tell you, going back, not just the accident, let me take you back a few years of my life, just a very quick story. I can remember, and I will say that my friends don't, they don't believe me because they're like, oh, you're such an extrovert. You love talking. But when I was younger, I used to have this crippling fear of talking to people. I was so intimidated. Wow. And I would actually see people coming and I, I would dog. Not because I not because I didn't like the person. It was really because I thought that they were gonna think that I, I didn't know what to say. Mm. I didn't like I would just be so paralyzed just saying anything. I I was intimidated, I think might be the correct word. And I remember having that fear and doing things to overcompensate, maybe talking too much sometimes when I was younger to overcompensate for that fear of not being enough when I spoke to other people. Uh, That was something that carried through my life. But as I matured, as I had experiences on stage, experiences in front of people, I came to understand that that's just part of who... I am, and that I needed to just slow my brain down a little bit mm-hmm. um, because my voice was important too. So mm-hmm. to listen, but to also not be afraid to share my voice. And if someone is going to turn their nose up at you or be mean, which most people aren't, but if they are, they're not your people anyway. And it's really okay. <laughs> that is what we say. <laughs> it took me a long time to get there, you know. And- uh, I, you know, I have every now and then I'll have a twinge of that that comes back, you know. So when I talk to people about that vulnerability and that intimidation, I've, I've been there and I, I know what it feels like to not want to use your voice or mm-hmm. to hide in the background or to dim your light in some ways. Mm-hmm. But it's not doing anyone any good because you have a lot to share with the world. And if you can't, your mouth closed, you're the world's best kept secret nobody wants to be that oh that's a great way but i love that i love that so how would you what do you recommend how can women or people in general care to become effective speakers what are your recommendations 
Well, the first thing that I would recommend is that really um, it starts in, in your in your mind, all right, mm-hmm. to be an effective speaker. It starts up here. So you have to visualize. I, I would say this is my bet. This is one of the tips I use when I talk to people about fear. Um, visualize the outcome that you want. So you have to actually go to the end and you have to work backwards. Do you want to stay? What, what is the outcome of the speech that you're giving? Are you, are you trying to get clients? Are you mm-hmm. looking for a standing ovation? Mm-hmm. Are you looking for people to be inspired? What is the outcome that you want? You have to visualize that and then you have to visualize it going the way that you want it to go. That's the first step that you start with. And then you can go back and start working on that technique to reach your goal. But until you have that visualization, the dress rehearsal in your mind of what you want, that speech and that presentation, the keynote to look like, you can't work towards it because you don't, you don't know. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. You have to map of where you want to go. Absolutely. Makes absolute sure. sense. And what would you say for now, what are your recommendations for the person who wants to speak and needs to overcome the fear? Well, the lack of confidence in speaking, what do you recommend to them? Well, I always say, look, you know, it's always a great thing to ask for help because no matter where right. you are, in, an entrepreneur or coach, coaches need coaches too. So keep that in mind. Um, it's very, very important because quite often we don't see things in ourselves that others see. So when it, you, you probably don't even know what maybe your strengths really are. You may have an idea, but when you step out on stage, you're giving a completely different persona that people that's reading to people um, in the audience. So sometimes we don't recognize things. So it's great to have either a coach or at the very least someone in your circle that's willing to give you some honest feedback about what you're giving off. <laughs> what kind of stuff right. you're throwing down out there? Is it like to- that's, that's a really good point. And, you know, here's a question that I hadn't planned. But just to sort of follow up on that, excuse me, what would you say, how much of, of speaking is actually about the actual speech versus your body language and what you're saying in, you know, the body language that you're giving off? That's exactly right. Body language is about 80% of it, actually. So you have to connect with that audience in a way, because if you're, if you're throwing something out there unusual with your body, they're not listening to what's coming out of your mouth. They're not going to pay you any attention. So it all has to work. It all has to sort of work together um, to, to give, and, and I don't want to use the word brand, but you certainly don't want to step up on stage and be something completely different than what you're selling or giving off. You know, you've got to be, it's got to be cohesive. And a lot of times we have problems seeing this for ourselves. And that's just, that's just the truth. Um, I get it. I get it. So many times I, I'll talk to a speaker. I, I, I recently had a client, it was a very interesting client. He's not a singer at all. But she discovered this. She started working her voice and learning about different intonations and tones that she mm-hmm. could use in her speaking. She all of a sudden discovered that she could sing too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so there seems to be a correlation. But you know, a lot of the things are the same. One of the greatest days was the day that one of my clients came to me and said, you know what? Using your voice, there's a lot of tricks that carry over into other aspects of your life. And it's so true. 
particularly because I think it has so much impact on our confidence. That's what right. I think is that you're really learning and stepping into who, who you are. And again, it goes back to maybe something that you didn't recognize about yourself that is a light to the world. And you didn't even know you had, you didn't know the light was burning at all. You're right. So right. you've got this light, but it's dimmed because you're either don't know what's there or too, um, too shielded to let the light shine. So breaking down those barriers is very important. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I'll tell you, one, it, it's really interesting to me because it's typically the barriers that we think that we know we've got under control are really the ones that need to come down the most. And I have been guilty of that myself, where I've said, I'm fine. I don't have a block there. And then I got into it and I was like, wow, this is my, this is actually the biggest block <laughs> I have. <laughs> I've been there myself. <laughs> I, oh. I totally agree. You know, you talked a lot about the vo your, your voice. And so I, this is exactly where I was going next. What do you recommend for development of the voice for being on stage? Are there any techniques that you actually share with clients for really being able to project the voice, speak with clarity, et cetera? Absolutely. Um, I work very closely with clients on this because, first of all, let me give you a tip here. For example, someone that comes it's talking like this. Okay. <laughs> Sweet, you know, sweet, lovely yeah. voice. But if you're looking for authority, you're in trouble. Oh, man. Okay. Right. Because it is a known fact that people with deeper voices carry more authority in their voice. Whether they are more knowledgeable is irrelevant. That they don't care because they're being perceived as being more knowledgeable simply Excellent because of point. their voice. Excellent point. So, so, yes, you can change things. You can change the depth. You can change the tone. I mean, you have to be who you are, but you're not stuck with certain qualities in your voice. And it's a matter of understanding the techniques that are involved in doing that. And there are a lot of techniques, a lot of training, um, breathing. People think, I know how to breathe. I, I'm telling you, 90% of the people I work with are like, oh, I don't breathe like that. <laughs> Because there's a different technique that we use, uh, more controlled type breathing. That's just one example. I work with people, particularly in the technique area. We work on breathing. We work on diction. We work on the word usage, how we develop the message, how we say our words and what order we say them. Inflection, the tone, the speed. I could go on and on, um, and I don't want to get into too much of the process. Right. I'd bore your listeners out there, but it is so important, really, to have an understanding. I call it vocal awareness, and that's what right. that is. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Makes total sense. What would you say to someone who is an introvert? And when I say an introvert, I, I really want to be very clear in this, because I think there's this misconception that introverts are shy, and that isn't the issue. <laughs> With what some are, but that it uh, that isn't applicable to all introverts. Introverts simply strive on going inward as opposed to having more social contact. For example, I'm an introvert. People don't believe that about me because I'm friendly and I'm warm and I'm inviting and easy. To, I'm approachable. However, I'm an introvert, and um, people tend to drain me. <laughs> and so I understand, though. Another point that we have in common, believe it or not. <laughs> really? Is that really? Yes. 
I, every test I've ever taken is an introvert. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so what do you say to someone who's an introvert who it will enjoy speaking, knows that it's, you know, it's definitely something that they enjoy doing. They do it well, but is concerned about their energy in terms of being on stage and interacting and connecting. I don't know if that makes sense, but, but what absolutely. Do it absolutely makes sense. You're spot on. You know, um, the first thing I want to say about introverts is some of the best salespeople in the world are introverts. And this that is a true fact. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, because I think as an introvert, you're introverts are good listeners. Yeah. And I think that that's very important because just because of the nature of who they are, they, they listen. And in communication, it's one of the most important things you do, listening for words, but also listening for what's not being said underneath. Yeah. Even if you're on stage, you can read an audience. So listen for the tone of your audience. So that's the first thing I would say about introverts. So that label has no impact on your ability to be a good speaker and a good coach. All right. You have uh, really the opportunity to be amazing, truthfully. Um, you address the word energy, which I think is really important. And I would, I want to talk about that because it is, it can be exhausting for an mm. introvert. It can be. Uh, this is where though, I think that preparation comes in and particularly for an introvert, if you can take the time ahead of time to really think about what it is that you're trying to accomplish, <clears throat> excuse me what you're trying to accomplish, who you're actually talking to and have a plan in your mind. I, I think that that relieves a little bit of the stress somewhat and it gives you the opportunity to be more open, to be more authentic and to focus really on your message and serving others as opposed to what am I going to, what am I going to say or, you know, um, right. And, and when you do that, when you're focused on your audience, you're actually getting the exchange of energy. So I think you're getting energy back. So that's going to fill you a little bit more. But I think preparation is key for that. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's very important. A lot of the women, myself, I speak to are introverts. And I know for me, it can be completely, I love speaking, love writing, love, I do enjoy people, but a little bit too much of it can be completely exhausting. I understand. I mean, sometimes after an interview, I am just drained. I feel like, I don't know, I've been on like a, I've been in a marathon or something, you know, it, it just, it really is. And I, I do agree with you. It is about the energy and protecting our energy. And the planning ahead, I do find that does help me as well. So I do agree with you on that. So let's talk a little bit, um, Julia, about your offers. What what do you want to share with us? Do you have an offer right now that maybe you're launching or something that you're thinking of that you would like to share that could support women who are looking to become keynote speakers, public do public speaking? And would absolutely. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh, no, that was probably fine. Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. I am offering right now a complimentary call to talk about a roadmap to your future, roadmap for public speaking, to talk about 
your messaging, your your personal branding, and I have some extra bonuses in there as well. So um, I want to give that. That's that's like a three hundred dollar value, a thirty minute call right there. So I really want to put that out there for the audience. And if you do book that call, which I have my Calendly link there for you, um, or it's in the link tree that I sent you. Um, if you do book that call, I actually have some guides that I want to send you. And one of them is how to think the mistakes we make as a public speaker and how we can avoid making those mistakes so we can give a good keynote. And I also have one on fear as well that I would love to send out to anyone who does book that call with me. But it really, it's about, it, it's about the individual. And I love working with it. My, my programs are not cookie cutter programs. Every single entrepreneur is different. And I mentioned it earlier. We all have strengths and every person's strength is different. What in buying strengths, what makes you special? What makes your program special? What makes your business special? And so in that call, that's what we focus on. We focus on your business. We put focus on where you need to go with it the things that you need to overcome, how you can overcome them and the next level. Because those are the people that I want to work with. I want to work with those people who are committed, who want to put in the time and are determined, determined to take their speaking skills and their business to the next level. I stand up on that stage and give a keynote that kills in a good way. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Julia, we've talked about a lot of things. I've asked you a lot of questions. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you think is important to share? Just want to share about the book that I was involved in. I launched that last month and we were number one uh, best. It was a collaborative book I wrote called Call to Speak, Lead and Impact. And the one thing I'm really excited about that book is that we I became a number one best-selling author in public speaking as of last month. And of course, that's my area. And uh, I was thrilled to death about it. Um, I am on Amazon. So anyone that is interested in getting that book, I'll tell you what, if you book a call with me, book a call with me, I'll send you the book. How about that? Wonderful, 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 wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners. Listen, Julia, Aiden, it's been wonderful talking with you. Tell me, what makes you an elevated female entrepreneur? Well, I think it's been an ongoing theme this whole time. It's the resilience. It's the, it's the resilience factor with me. I was given by a real life, true American uh, warrior, soldier, that call sign, bounce back. And I try to honor that because that's a, that's a real sign of respect coming from coming from someone who is a true warrior. And because of that, I try to honor that. I try to live by that. And I really try to lead by example. I think that resilience gives us confidence, helps us overcome fear, all of these things that we've talked about. And it gives us the strength to step into the new and better version of ourselves and to keep moving forward. I think this pretty much embodies what I believe in, and who I am. Take me to the next level beyond. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. What an inspirational story. I think you're absolutely right. I totally agree with you. 
what a wonderful story. What an inspiration you are. Julia Hinsman's an absolute honor and pleasure to share this time with you. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show today to talk about your expertise. You're not only personable. She's lovely, ladies. She's absolutely lovely in her beautiful orange today. <laughs> You're lovely inside and out. And I really enjoyed this conversation. It has absolutely been a pleasure. Thank you for spending time with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jacqueline. And I, I love getting to know you and knowing we have so much in common. I think it's awesome. <laughs> so, right? Thank you again. Yeah. All right. right? It's been terrific. Thanks again for being on the show. And that's it for this episode of the Women Elevating Women podcast. Thank you again to my guests today. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and leave a review for the show if you're enjoying it. And remember to share this episode so we can reach a wider audience. All resources and links that we discussed today, everything that Julia has discussed, her complimentary call, we will make available in today's show notes. Finally, please join the Elevated Female Entrepreneur community on Facebook to network and get marketing and sales tips at www.elevatedfemales.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember to be a woman who elevates other women.